Welcome to the Back to the Bricks podcast, a new podcast about sports, faith, and culture. I'm Justin. And I'm Nick. Close friends turn mid-major rivals. Join us as we venture back to the Bricks. Welcome back um, for episode two. We're excited to be here. Excited you have joined us again. Um, So we're just going to jump right into it. So opening day happened. And in Cincinnati, Nick, this is a big deal. Um, Opening day is a big deal. Um, So it was kind of disappointing that it didn't happen for the Reds. But the biggest thing that is frustrating is that the Reds finally have a good team. Right? Finally. And so that brings us to the question of the Reds in our lifetime, have they always been forever two years away? Two years away. Consistent, consistently two years away. Yeah. From like from 20 or from 2009 to like 2012, they mm-hmm. were good and they were in contention, but still they didn't do anything with those teams. We didn't get out of the, the freaking play in game. Like, no. I hate the, the MLB playoff format. They got to right. change that. Yeah. You, you play 162 games. To play one game, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, and then Cueto just melts under the pressure, and you know, Johnny Cueto. Yeah. yeah, that's what it. And then yeah. you just melt, and then you get you're coming home up 2-0 on the Giants, who won the World Series that year. They did. They won the World Series after. Won that. the World Series. You're up 2-0, and you come home and you lose three straight in Great American. That's, that's bad, it's Justin. Ridiculous. That is absolutely yeah. Bringing back bad memories. From Cincinnati myself. sports, though, to be fair. What is your honest prediction for the Reds? Like, if we were to give an over under of what we would think their win total would be if they were playing the full season. If they were playing the full season, where do you think their over-under number should be set at? 83.5. I think they go 84 and 78. So they're just over a 500 baseball team. They show improvement, right? Pitching's still there. We still got the young dudes throwing really hard. Bullpen's improved. Correct. And we hit the baseball consistently, not just flashes in the pan. Shout out to Dietrich. But we actually hit the baseball. And there's guys who can hit home runs. And in Great American, that's how you score the majority of your runs. And we added some dudes, did we not, that can hit some home runs? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Moose, Castellanos, those dudes can flat hit. So that helps the lineup. So Yeah, so if I said 83.5, Justin, would you go over or under? See, I, I did some research. I would have to go over just because of the fact they won 75 last year. So you're really only giving them a nine-game improvement. So I think they, I think they would have gone higher than that. And at... 83 and a half, they would have finished third in the division if, if we're going off last year's numbers. They need at least 89 to finish second and to get close to a wild card spot. I'm going above 83 and a half. I would probably go, I'd probably put it around 89 is what my hopeful would be. 14 game improvement. Are they in? Are they in at 84 wins? At 84, they're not. The Cubs finished third in the division last year and didn't make the playoffs. So at 84, they would not be in, which would be a disappointment for the Reds this year, right? If they, but if they're six games over five hundred, Justin, is that like, can we seriously be disappointed by that? But you bring in all these pieces and you want to make the postseason, right? I mean, I agree, but we play in the hardest division in baseball, allegedly. True. Allegedly, yeah, that's what we've heard our whole lives. That's what we've been told. But I mean, the Cubs are going to be good again. Yeah, Brewers are going to be good again. Cards, cards, will, be, cards are always slack. right there. They'll yeah. be at five hundred. I'm not worried about the Pirates. I almost said the Steelers. I'm not worried about the Steelers either. <laughs> But, you know, I'm not worried about the Pirates. No. So, I think 84, I think they win 84 if we play a full season, which at this point, when we get baseball, praying we get baseball, Yes. it's not going to be 162. So, I would definitely take the under there, folks, if they're listed at 83 and a half on a, a, a slightly adjusted season. But for 162, I'd take it. I'd take 83 and a half. 
yeah, I would I would take the over on that. So that brings us into our next big thing that could happen because of this COVID nineteen outbreak would be the football season. So Kirk Herbstreit is under a lot of fire um, on social media from people who are absolute football junkies, saying he came out and said, "Nick, you can fact check me on this." Came out and gave a statement about the football season. Um, what exactly did Kirk Herbstreit say in his tweet, Nick? Yeah, so Kirk said, I'll be shocked if we have NFL football this fall. If we have college football, I'll be so surprised if that happens. Which I don't think is wrong to say in in the time that we're in right now. He's saying, he's saying what needs to be said. But I think because he's such a prominent voice, people don't want to listen to it. right? Because it's one thing when an AD here and there says things, which we've seen recently. But when a guy like Kirk Herbstreit says it, then it's like real. College football is an emotional sport. Their fans are crazy, all this kind of stuff. And when you're threatening taking that away from people, it's going to be an emotional response, which is what he's getting, which is why he's getting hate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're seeing that with everything else, right? I don't want to stay at home. I don't want to not go to my grocery store or go wherever or see whoever because you told me not to. And I think that's what it is, right? We see Kirk say something like this. Kirk Herbstreit, well-respected analyst of the game. Man does what I mean does what he does so so very well. I think for some reason he has some Ohio State fans who don't like him because he's not enough of a homer, right. which is exactly the way he should be. Correct. I think he's fantastic. And I and again, I think he's the voice of reason saying this might happen and we just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But what I also don't want to hear is the contrasting voice, which is Dabo Sweeney. Oh, and goodness. Justin, why don't you start us off cuz you're usually a Dabo Sweeney kind of guy. I'm a huge Dabo fan. Huge. Not right? a Clemson fan, not, to clarify. Not a Clemson fan. I'm a Dabo fan and a Deshaun fan. So that's, that's Deshaun, really, Watson, Deshaun is, Watson is the truth. That's really where my love of, of Clemson came, not as a fan, but just as you know, a coach loving what he does. So you explain to us what Dabo is doing exactly, because I can't stomach going through it, if you could take us through it. Nick. Yeah, so again – we didn't do a whole lot of exploration on the first podcast. Justin's a big Notre Dame fan. I'm a big Louisville fan. We both have family ties and different reasons why we go that way. And we'll we'll give you all kinds of homer takes when it comes to those two schools. So naturally, I'm not a Clemson fan. Um, heck of a program Dabo Swinney has built. I think a lot of the things Dabo has done uh, and cotton flack for are not legit. Now this, I think, is legit. So here's what Dabo has been doing. He... He kind of got quoted really poorly here. So Dabo said, my preference is let's go get to work and let's go play. That's the best case scenario, and I think that's what's going to happen. I have zero doubt that we're going to be playing. I have zero doubt, Justin, that we're going to be playing. The stands are going to be packed, and the Valley, meaning Death Valley in Clemson, is going to be rocking. I don't have any doubt. That's the only thought I have. What do you think about that, Justin? That's some pretty strong language. That That is, and... Like we were talking about with emotional earlier with fans, I think Dabo is being emotional here. Like, you got to remove yourself from the situation and realize where we're at in our country and in the world. You can't go out guaranteeing that you think something's going to happen. And that's kind of what Dabo did was saying that the, the stands are going to be packed. All this stuff's going to be happening the way it normally does. We don't know that. We don't know what next week's going to bring for us, let alone – August, September, when football season's supposed to be rolling in, we don't know what, what shape we're going to be in to have a college football season. And you got to think about it, We've already seen some schools start to close. They're saying they're closing for the summer. That affects summer football. That affects summer classes. 
if some of these new kids can't get in and take class, they're not eligible to play football. Correct. Right. So some of these big time recruits are not going to be playing even if we do start on time. Right. Based on that. But I think it's kind of similar to what the CDC did um, and kind of deflected at the beginning about wearing masks. And, yeah. and I think the reason they said that was like, hey, the mask you're going to buy is not protective enough for you. Right. But what happened is they said you don't need to wear masks. So now people are being told you need to be wear mask by you need to be wearing masks by your governor and by the president even. And you're like, no, I don't need to wear a mask. The CDC told me weeks ago not to wear a mask, right? Yeah. I think that's what you're seeing here is Dabo is going to inspire that his fan base and some of those people that are just going to tell you, no, that's not going to happen, Justin. Football is not going to be pushed back. This The schedule is not going to be cut down. We're not going to be playing in May. We're going to be playing in late August and September like we're supposed to. Right. And I I think that's a really dangerous road to go down. And if you go, if you read down a little farther on what he said, he says, this is America, man. We've stormed the beaches of Normandy. We've driven a car on Mars. We've walked on the moon. We've had the smartest people in the world. We're going to rise up, and we're going to kick this thing right in the teeth and get back to our lives. Mike DeWine, our governor, has done an amazing job of saying, this is like an enemy that we've never seen before, and it's an, an invisible enemy. This isn't like Storm of the Beaches of Normandy. We can say... We're going to go win that battle. We don't know what this is going to take from us, what restrictions we're going to have to place. So I understand what Dabo's doing. He's trying to rally his fans and and really our country around the fact that we've gone through stuff like this before. But it's so uncertain we can't – you can't say that and put it out if you're in his position right now. And I think – you know, and Justin, I'm going to take this in a different direction. I, I think the hottest take the man said is that we walked on the moon. Yeah. Did we walk on the moon? That's conspiracy. Drop us a comment this week on this episode's post on Instagram and Twitter. If you think that we did, in fact, land on the moon, I'm not positive we did. Let us know if you want us to discuss that and do some hot takes on that later. We'll jump into college basketball, which takes us to this weekend would have been the Final Four. Oh. And so that's hard for us to handle. Absolutely. My first love, Justin. College college basketball is my first love. College football is a close second. Yes, yes. College basketball holds a special place in both of our hearts, especially the month of March and early April. So, Nick, that takes us to who do you think would have been in the Final Four? And not just the Final Four. Out of that Final Four, who wins the national title? Absolutely, Justin. I think, first of all, I'm a big ACC guy. Like I said, Louisville Cardinals. And, and we were a really inconsistent ball club this year. I do not have any ACC teams in my Final Four, Justin. I know that is shocking. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. I'll break it down for you just quickly. I think we see a hot Virginia team would have made it to the Sweet 16. I think Duke gets beat in the Elite Eight. I think they had some issues that just were not going to get fixed with that group. I don't think they were really clicking the way they, they needed to be. They couldn't score. Couldn't score the basketball. I mean, they just they just couldn't do what other Duke teams did. Um, I think you see Florida State, who was really probably could have been a very trendy Final Four pick, um, but I think they had a lot of guys. They went very deep, but I just don't think they would have clicked enough. I think we might have seen too much ego there at some points, and they just didn't play 40 minutes of Florida State basketball very often, and I just don't like them. I mean, I'll just put that out there, and which leads me to the Louisville Cardinals, and I think ceiling, ceiling was Elite Eight, maybe Atlanta Final Four, I think. I mean, honestly, I think the floor was the first weekend. I think they catch a bad matchup. They don't shoot the ball well. We're back to last year's team that when they did not shoot the ball well, we went nine minutes without a basket. So with all that said, Justin, I've got, out of the Big Ten, I've got Michigan State. I think they were a very trendy pick. 
played a really tough schedule this year. I think they were right right there top five in strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some dudes, Cassius Winston. They would have been ready to go. I had Kansas. Justin, I think this was the year we finally we finally see Kansas win the Big 12, which they do every freaking year. Yes, they do. Win the Big 12, be a one seed, shocking, in the South, like we always see. But I think they would have won it this year, Justin. So I'll, I'll go ahead and right there and say that. I think Kansas would have won the tournament. I think with Azabuki and Dotson on, you know, from top to bottom, they were quick, they were fast, they got on the boards, they played good enough defense. I think they could have played elite defense at times. So Michigan State, Kansas, out of the West region, you probably would have seen like a Gonzaga, San Diego State, BYU matchup, something like that. I had San Diego State, um, not a big Gonzaga fan, didn't watch a whole lot of Mountain West basketball this year, but they don't consistently play good enough defense. And I think that's, they don't, they don't have to, Justin. They don't have to play 40 minutes of defense. Right. So I, I got San Diego State, they're a more consistent team on both sides of the ball, really efficient, and they had some dudes. They just had some straight-up scores. And then kind of a dark horse. I don't know if you can call it that, but Villanova, Jay Wright. I mean... The new Mr. March. The new Mr. March. I mean, two national championships recently. Went to another one. I mean, fantastic. Program he's built. They had some shooters. They kind of got hot late in the season. I got to tell you this, Justin. I had a guy at work who had a bet on the Villanova Wildcats. He's a, he's a I think he has his second degree from there. That would have got him $8,000. A $100 bet for $8,000 payout had the Villanova Wildcats won the national title. I think they would have been there. So once again, I got Michigan State, Kansas, San Diego State, Villanova, and I've got the Kansas Jayhawks winning the national title. What about you, Justin? Please please help us out here. So I'll just I'll get out in front of it. I have Kansas as well. Um, I've been a huge Azubuki hater um, just because I feel like his skill set isn't really doesn't have a place in the game anymore. But he proved me wrong this year. Um, the times I've watched him, he was absolutely dominant. Um, he took games over. The Baylor game at Baylor, that was a huge moment for him. He just put on a clinic um, against against that Baylor defense, who was a, who was a good basketball team. Um, I also have Michigan State. I think Cassius Winston would have had his March moment this year, um, would have taken care of business, gotten them there. I have Florida State. This is where we disagree. I have Florida State. I think they're – Good enough to get there. I think they play defense. They do the things in basketball that are constant that can get you to a Final Four. And then I have Dayton. A little bit of home cooking for me. I have Dayton. Um, Obi Toppin was a stud. Um, Would have had March moments, almost like a Steph Curry or like some of those other small school guys who had those moments. And I think they would have gotten there. Not your not your biggest bet, not your prettiest bet, but I, I think they could have gotten there. I also have Kansas winning the national title, which means if this tournament really happened – Kansas would have got beat in the second round. That's, I mean, in the first weekend. You yes. can bet real money there that that would have happened, for yes. sure. Yes, because we both have them. So, and we would have told you, we would have got out in front of it. So Yeah. So, talking about college basketball, Nick mentioned that he's a Louisville guy, loves the cards. Um, and growing up, I was a Kentucky fan um, until about a couple years ago. My family's big Kentucky basketball fans. So, Nick, you found this on Twitter, and we found it interesting. So so talk us through what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to start. Um, Justin had a little bit of a come-to-Jesus moment a few years ago. Um, I did. And kind of fully embraced. He was living a lie that's called the Kentucky basketball fan dream. Yes. Where he was a Kentucky basketball fan, but he was not a Kentucky other sports fan. No. And so he kind of went in the right direction. Um, a more historic program. Yes. In football, for sure. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So we'll give him a little grace there. But Justin, there was 
this lovely tweet that was going around Big Blue Nation as well as Card Nation. That was one of those lovely you pick from this starting lineup, fifteen dollar, kind of like a bingo board kind of mm-hmm. thing. Pick players from each each row. And first of all, I saw the Louisville one come out first because those are the people I follow. That makes sense. And so I kind of went through it. I mean, I think first of all, the man who made it, shout out to him, but he kind of didn't do a great job of organizing people, but that's beside the point. But I think what's funny here, Justin, is that when you see him side by side, which is what this tweet showed, Kentucky players and Louisville players, I mean, there was a guy, Big Blue Nation, Twitter account, looking at these side by side, LMAO. I mean, this guy thinks this is hilarious. But the funny part here, Justin, is that they won one national title. Correct. And allegedly, the Cards won a national title during that time, too. Allegedly. There was a game in 2013 between Louisville and Michigan. Allegedly. The NCAA doesn't believe that existed. They do acknowledge the Final Four. Yes. And Luke Hancock has won his battle to be the most valuable player. Yes. Of a game that didn't exist. But that's beside the point. So, all that to say, we see this side by side. I mean obviously the Kentucky guys are they're better so let's just start there Justin who would you take from that Kentucky lineup my first overall pick as you might say is Anthony Davis I think this is single-handedly the best college basketball player that I have seen in my time now some guys would argue Ewing would be that guy or whatever but just in my time Anthony Davis is the best most dominant college basketball player I've seen next guy I'd have to go with is Devin Booker dude could shoot flat out score in college and he would average more if he hadn't been part of that two platoon team um then i'm gonna go De'Aaron fox the the memory i always have of fox is him going at lonzo ball in that ncaa tournament just putting on a show and and really taking it to lonzo next i got aaron harrison you talk about clutch the guy hit back to back big game winning shots in the ncaa tournament to get him to the final four um which was huge then the last guy i'm going with is patrick patterson he's a glue guy he's a guy does everything right um, had his moments at UK, but that's the guy I'm going with. So Davis, Booker, Fox, Harrison, and Patterson is is my five from that group. Who's your who you got from the cards? Yeah. So again, I think some of these people are in the wrong row, but I'll go top to bottom. Five dollars down to one dollar. So the five dollar row, I'm gonna take Russ Smith. Dude can flat out score. Always has been able to. Has Loki not been picked up by an NBA team? No. Has averaged 60 in China in back-to-back years. That guy was a killer in 60 points, and he's not on an NBA roster besides me. Now, he's undersized, but it, if you watched any Louisville game, the dude could play. Now, talk about growth. Talk about talent that was developed by that staff. He he really became a great scorer in his craziness. Russ Diculous is my first pick. Then I'm going to go Francisco Garcia, another, like Justin said, kind of glue guy when he talked about Kentucky. Dude could knock down shots. He could defend. He was just, he was really good. He played played for a lot, played for seven or eight years in the NBA. Real good guy, Francisco Garcia. Then I'll go Donovan Mitchell, the height of the NBA right now, Spida, recovered from COVID 19. He's ready to get back to work. 45 in white and red. Man could play. Again, growth. You could see all kinds of untapped talent early in his career at Louisville. And in like three months, all of a sudden, the dude was, he could shoot. And once he was able to shoot, he could do whatever he wanted. And then I would go down to the next line. I'll go Terry Rogier. Talk about a guy who capitalized on a guy that was hurt, right? Yeah. He's playing because Kyrie's not, right, in, in Boston. I mean, he was playing some minutes, but he's all of a sudden playing starting minutes. Played really well. I mean, Scary Terry was the talk of the NBA for that postseason. And So Terry then cashed that out and went to Charlotte, right? And so, I mean, shout out to him. 
he's playing really well. He, again, another guy that in his final year at Louisville, he was just a different different level. And then I'll go down. I still need another big guy, so I'll go Juan Palacios. Again, I mean, definition of a glue guy. When he played at Louisville, always had the rec specs on. I mean, he is the definition of my childhood. I remember him and Francisco, man. Those two could flat out play. So again, that's Russ Smith, Francisco Garcia, Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rozier, and Juan Palacios are my Louisville Cardinals there. Go ahead, Justin. Pretty good, pretty good five um, from both sides. We'll jump, we'll jump into that a little later. So this takes us into uh, our goat of the week, Nick. Who, who's your goat of the week this week? I mean, last week, Justin, we told you all about Tiger King. You know, we we kind of took you down some routes. We we showed you that Joe Exotic was framed should not be in jail right now. There should be another follow-up Netflix series. That's a different story. But there is going to be a biopic series coming up. It's kind of like a a fiction take on it from what I understand. And my guy, Dak Shepard, great podcast of his own, he, he claimed on Twitter recently that he is going to be cast as Joe Exotic or there will be some issues. He called a shot. He called a shot. You know, he said, if I don't get cast as Joe Exotic in the eventual biopic, Hollywood is broken. I mean, shout out to Dax, armchair expert, great podcast. Check it out in your free time. But my man, he knows his worth. He knows his value. He knows he plays second fiddle to Kristen Bell in that marriage, in the talent pool, in the beauty pool. But he's he's getting after it. He wants to be Joe Exotic. And you know what? I can appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Justin? So this one is a little from the top rope, if you might say. So last night, uh, WrestleMania started. And so Nick doesn't watch wrestling. I do. I grew up watching it. My family watched it. So with nothing else on TV sports-wise, WrestleMania was all we had, really, for the past three weeks. Something that was new and that we that was exciting and captivated had a captivated audience. And so I watched that last night. WWE did a great job of just giving kind of the people what they wanted and giving people an escape to watch something different other than Netflix or other than reruns of sports or, or stuff like that. So I'll, my go to this week is, is the WWE and giving the fans something to watch and something to really lift them up during this time with this with this virus. So that'll take us into our funniest thing of the week. Nick, What's what do you got as your funniest thing that you've seen this week? I mean, I'm going to go right back to the Louisville-Kentucky thing we talked about, right? Picking your players. Look at the lineup side-by-side side of the talent and, and not to take anything away from the six, seven, eight Louisville guys that played in the – Played in the NBA or play in the NBA. But, I mean, the Kentucky talent pool is much oh. fuller and deeper, and we always know that. They've always got those diaper dandies coming in, as Dick Vitale would say. But they've won the same amount of national titles. And now, again, I'm with, I understand the whole the NCAA strip level of the title. Shouldn't have said the word stripped there. Forgive me for that. But, you know... I, I hear you laughing, Justin. That was a pretty good joke. I that hope some people, a good joke. I, I hope get, some people got that. I got to give that one to you. That's pretty good. But... Coach Calipari, I don't know, Justin. He 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 signed this lifetime contract. He said he's going to be there until the Lord comes. The dudes won one national title. At what point? At what point do we say this is not acceptable? So my funniest thing is the fact that they've won one national title, and that and the, you know what? What do you do with that, Justin? You know. Cal always says that it's hard to get this group of freshmen together and, and do things the right way and all this stuff. But he almost underachieves the years that he has upperclassmen. And so what what can you take with that? His teams, 
at the end of the day, really don't do anything systematically that tears up teams on the offensive end. They guard really well. And so you can't say he's an offensive guru. And defensively, all they do is play man. So you can't really say that he's that good of a defensive guru. I mean, the guy gets talent, but like you said, he's won one national title. He only got with Derrick Rose, who was really good. He got there, but he couldn't win that one either. And then it came out, all that other stuff, you know. So what you do with that as a Kentucky fan is you got to take, I guess, that getting to a Final Four is good enough for him. Which, if you sign a guy to a lifetime contract, you're probably wanting to win national titles, right? That's not good enough for the program, though. Correct. And it shouldn't be good enough for the program, historically. And I'll be the first to say it as a Louisville fan. They should be winning a national title every few years. They haven't won one since 2012. Correct. With Anthony Davis, with a team that was absolutely loaded. They've been to two Final Fours since then, I believe. Yes. That's it. Yeah. And so, he, he always falls back on, like, he took that team with Brandon Knight to a Final Four... And, like, they've been to some Final Fours that they probably shouldn't have been to. But still, if you look at those rosters, their talent was unreal. And, I mean, let's not forget the fact that he has a loss in the NIT to Robert Morris on his resume as the head coach of Kentucky. Anybody normal, they're getting fired. Justin, can I take you down a story story road there? Yeah, take us. 2013 alleged yes. national title for the Louisville Cardinals. That was the same year. Yes, Kentucky wins the title in 2012. Doesn't make the tournament in 2013. Correct. We are in route, my father and I, at yeah. the second round game. And they are chanting, in route, the Louisville fans, Robert Morris. Yes. Top 10 lifetime Louisville moment. Top 5 Yes. Louisville moment right there. Fantastic. Yeah. But again, and you know, I'm not going to let this rest easy. Coach Cal does not do enough with the talent he gets. Is he a recruiter? Is he a good coach? I don't. I think he's a good recruiter. I mean, you can't deny that. And I, again, like Justin said, he falls back on, I think he's a good mentor. Mm-hmm. He convinces guys that they can't be that they can't be the only guy with the ball in their hands. I mean, I think that's good, right? He manages to get some guys drafted really high that probably, I mean, we look back, maybe shouldn't have been drafted as high. Correct. Now, we, we've had guys that should be drafted that high at Kentucky, but he doesn't win national titles. And I think that's what the issue is. And if but, you look at every other great coach, which is where people put Cal at. Krzyzewski has won multiple national titles. That's right. Roy Williams won multiple national titles. That's right. Dean Smith, multiple national titles. That's right. With the same kind of talent that Cal has had at Kentucky, but he doesn't win national titles, which gets you into, do the kids get burnt out because of the way he coaches, which takes you into a whole different role. So... I think that I think we covered our roast of the week there too. I mean, I think it's Cal. Right? I mean, I get obsessed, you know, and yeah. I'll get obsessed on that rivalry every once in a while. Yeah, but yeah, it's Cal, right? It's funny that we both won allegedly the same amount of national titles in that time frame with the, with a vastly different talent pool. But I mean, Cal, you got to pick up the slack, man. Yeah, let's go, dude. But so let's go back to funny. I I, mean, I jumped over to the roast, Justin. What's your funniest thing that you've seen? So we just saw this on Twitter. Jeff Lowe off Tiger King just made a video to Justin Turner of the Dodgers saying that there is going to be another episode of Tiger King released this week. Breaking news here on Back to the Bricks. Right here. There is going to be another episode of Tiger King, folks. Can you believe it? This is this is unreal. This is big time. Like This gives us something else to watch this week. Now, which takes me into... Do you think these people are going to be backtracking everything that was shown to, that was shown of them on the show, Nick? 
So yeah, I think this is Justin. I think this is typical documentary that you don't have control of the production, right? You don't know the spin you're gonna get. You don't know the cut you're gonna get on the reality show. It's the same kind of idea, right? So a guy like Jeff Lowe, who I mean, I don't know how he could personally think he's going to get a positive spin on a show like this. Correct. Yeah. As Jeff Lowe, I would be a little bit upset about the way that I was framed on this show, kind of speaking, and you know, I would, I would definitely be upset. So I would want to be able to come out and have a rebuttal. So I think Jeff Lowe has a case to say. Hey, let's spin this a different direction, and I'm I'm jacked to see what happens. And Carol Baskin already came out last week and said that she was upset with the way she was portrayed, and that they came in and told her this was going to be a documentary about the Tigers, and it ended up being about them. And then the documentary guy said that wasn't true. So there's already been drama with that. So it will be interesting to see if they do go back and say this isn't who I am. Here's who I am. But really, can you come back from what we've been shown? I mean, that stuff actually happened, you know. So you can't really come back from that. You can try, but you can't come back from it. I think we're going to have to do a live reaction to that to that extra We episode. might have to do that. We just might have to. So, Nick, that takes us into the challenge of the week. What What's our challenge for the week? Remember, find us on social media um, with stuff that you're doing for our challenge of the week. Give us a shout-out, and, and we'll we'll talk about it on the show. Stuff, stuff that we're doing right in the world. The SEC tweeted this graphic that said, Stay home, stop the spread, and save lives. It's really that simple. Again, don't be selfish in this season. It's it's not worth it. It's not worth it for your family. It's not worth it for our families. It's not worth it for your friends or our friends. It's not worth it for people who live in Florida and people who live in Ohio. Stay home. Do the right thing. Honor your leadership and honor honor other people. I mean, it's really that simple. You have anything to add there, Justin? Yeah, and look, we understand you need to go out and get groceries and get, and get essentials, and maybe you need to drop stuff off to somebody. If you need to go see somebody, stay six foot apart. Right? If you need to go to the grocery store, wear gloves, wear a mask, do the things that our government is asking you to do, and, and stay home, stop the spread, save lives, like Nick said. So that's our challenge of the week. Hit us up on social media if, if you're participating in that. Let us know. But we do have a guest coming on the podcast for the next episode, so you need to make sure you are tuned in. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure that you comment on our podcast episode post on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know. If you are accepting the challenge and go ahead and let us know who was in your final four as well. And we will catch you with the guest back on the bricks next time. Thank you for listening to the back to the bricks podcast. We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, send this podcast to a friend or share this episode on your Instagram story. We'll see you back on the bricks next time.